1: coming up on today's experience. Devotional Diamonds of the Day, also known as DDDs, where my daily devotions become some of our spiritual reflections. Sound effects placed throughout the show, which have nothing to do with life. Or do they? They actually have to, a lot to do with life because smiling and having fun is a part of life. The review of the Goofy News, which proves Jesus is coming back sooner than you think. I was on the one of the news... Uh, websites and then i looked at another news website and they had uh taken two different quotes from people and combined them at the front of their uh website and made them one quote <laughs> this is the stuff you gotta watch it's like people Listen, if you're going to look to the news to be your answer, you're making a big mistake. Read your Bible. God will tell you what's going to happen tomorrow, okay? Life lessons for our faith that we can actually use probably won't, but we can if we decide to be doers and not just hearers of the word. Also, Bible trivia. Oh, we got humor, right? We have humor. Do we? Kind of? Maybe? Maybe? Sometimes we have humor. It will force you to think, why do I have a radio show? I don't know. I've messed up so many times in this intro, I couldn't even tell you. Also, Bible trivia for fake, and yet somehow, real cool prizes, your phone calls, and more. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. My name is David Spoon. I will be your host for the next 5,400 seconds. Get ready for one of the m- more bizarre experiences on live radio. Here is the key to the show. We don't know what we're doing. We have no idea what's going to happen. We don't care, and we will attempt to try and do humor. Will we succeed? Who knows? But for the next few minutes, I want to talk faith with you. So here we go. We're asking questions about living life as a Christian, going through that process. You know, some of you are into the holiday this year. Some of you are not. Don't be mad at one another. That's just silly. But some of you are like waiting for presents and waiting for presents, waiting for the present to be delivered. I don't know, like David. And then you're like going, "Uh, is it coming? Is it coming? Is it coming? And And then uh, they tell you on the little thing, oh, it's in the town next door. But the problem is they told you that four days ago, and it's still not there. You know, that kind of thing. How do you handle it all? Well, look, if you've got an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, we want you to reach out to us. We, w- we don't want to let that die of loneliness. We want you to give us a call at 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you make that phone call. 972-445-0770. It's Captain Chris that will answer the phone. And then you will be Sailing. Takes me away. To where I'm Isn't that peaceful? It's like nice and peaceful and sailing. That's great. Uh, also you can text us 214-210-8483. Remember it's Monday Funday. That's how we do it around here. 214 210 8483 is the text. You can also send an email, David at he must That's David at he must We will also send you to the website. But we do have some other news that's on the website, pretty interesting news, actually. First and foremost, go to the website for prayer requests. If you want people praying for you, it doesn't cost you anything. There's no obligation. We don't sell your list or your for your email or any of that stuff. We just pray for you. If you need prayer, it's a good place to do it. Also, don't forget the app Spoonanity. It's on that site. It's real easy to get to. Plus, it's an opportunity where you can also give that's a, that's a nice thing, giving, keeps the ministry going. And last, on the updates, tomorrow's show will be live. It will be live. It was not supposed to be live. Now it will be live. They preempted us for SMU basketball, and now God has preempted SMU basketball for the David Spoon experience. That's kind of nice. Check out hemustincrease.org. Website he must increase.org, he must increase.org. Email David at he must increase.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. All right, now with all that said, we're going to get into First Peter in just a second, but first I want to pray for the audience. I know. That is, the holidays getting closer, some people are having some struggle in some of the areas for family and so on. So let me just pray for everybody to uh, get this spirit right, this this approach right. So let's just pray real quickly. Father, we come before you right now, and as the holidays draw in, some people have family, but some people are going to miss family members that have passed on, or some people won't be able to connect because of different things that are going on in our country or different problems. Whatever the case may be, we're praying for those who are struggling with loneliness, And we know that loneliness does not uh, just happen when a person's alone, even at times when we're in crowds, we can feel alone. And so, Lord, I'm asking you to be the big comfort, the big comforter for all the people that struggle with that throughout this week, of course, throughout their lifetimes, but especially this week when it's highlighted. Encourage those that feel alone and remind them they are not alone ever because of your commitment to them. We pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay, so we want people who are going through that never to hesitate to reach out. We want you to understand that we understand. I mean, every one of us, uh, not just in this studio, but the majority of people in the audience have gone through this. And So we want everybody to support one another, strengthen one another. We're pretty much Hebrews 3.13, Hebrews 10.25. We want to encourage one another daily as we see the day approaching. That's what we want to do uh we are going to do something that we haven't done before we're going to do a new book it's not like we've never done a new book and we're going to try a new sound with the new book and some of you will really dislike it and for those of you that dislike it just put up with it and i haven't heard how it comes how it's going to come out yet so here we go going into first peter this will be we think our sound Good job, Chris. All right, Captain Chris coming through big time. That's going to be our sound. I like that. It's like, yeah, here we go. You know, it's Monday fun day. We're going to make it happen. All right. We're going to be talking about 1 Peter. I don't want you to freak out because we've got to do a little bit of an intro, okay? A little bit of an intro, and then after the intro, we'll get into the teaching, but I want you to at least know what's going on when he's writing the letter. So as most of you know, a letter, typically you'll see it says epistle. That's just a letter in uh, in King James language. Uh, it's real easy to understand. And so this is a letter that was written by First Peter. He by Peter. This is his first of two letters, which is why it's called First Peter. Okay, see, nothing, nothing gets biased here. Uh, it was written around 63, 64 AD. So it's kind of good to think about that just a little bit. If you think of it in terms of this way, the calendar was not done quite correctly when they did the original calendar. So Jesus actually died and then rose again about 30 AD. It was, uh, it was supposed to be 33 AD, but they've been off about three and a half years for you know 2,000 years. So that's okay. So uh, you got 30. So about 32, 33, 34 years after Jesus reinstated Peter. That's when this letter is being written. So, you know, he's got a lot of seasonism. Keep in mind, he spent three years with Jesus, and now it's 30 years as an apostle. Now he's writing the letter, okay? But some people want to argue about where he was or, you know, when he's talking about Babylon. Is that real Babylon, spiritual Babylon? Nobody cares. I don't care. Here's what you need to know. The purpose. Why did he write it? That's what I want to know. Why did you write the letter, Peter? Thank you. His whole purpose is to encourage steadfastness in the face of persecution, to remind them of their special privilege as God's special people, and to instruct them how to have proper conduct. that That's the goal of his letter. He's not trying to do anything just like, look, got to hang in there. Look, you're really special. God loves you. Look. Don't be jerky, okay? Not beef jerky, be jerky. Uh, many people think 1 Peter 2, 11, and 12 are the primary uh, verses for the chapter. I don't know. There's so many good ones I couldn't even tell you. Here's the big thing to remember about 1 Peter. He blew it, and Jesus restored him, and he writes the letter never forgetting that. Okay? That's what you got to know. Okay, we'll cover that again some other time. Let's just open up, though, with the very first line, because it's such a good one. I mean, you don't even have to go anywhere. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Okay, so Peter opens up the letter, says, hi, it's me, it's Pete. Yeah, I'm the guy that did that big preachy stuff in Acts 2. <laughs> Isn't that great? I'm also the guy that got rebuked by Paul. Yeah, I got rebuked by Jesus. I'm trying to figure out who he didn't get rebuked by. That might be more fun. Here's the bottom line. He's an apostle. He's doing the work of the kingdom. But he also recognizes where he comes from, where he's going, where he's ultimately going. And this guy is one of Jesus's favorite people ever. There's a lot of you know discussion about Jesus loving John, and he did. But Peter is right up there, and Peter was at all the special events, did all these wonderful things, was at the Mount Transfiguration, I mean, this guy was in the middle of everything, right? But he blew it, and so Jesus brought him back. And so any letter this guy's going to write, you have to remember, he's coming from that place. He's the only one in Scripture where it's recorded that he Mark blew it and then came back, but not to this level. He denied Jesus three times. I mean, that's just as backsliding. That's like blasphemy. And it's like, and yet the Lord restores him. And you and I need to remember that when somebody's writing a letter and they've been through that restoration process, they know what we go through when we're feeling short. They're for us because they've been through it all just like us, if not worse. Isn't that cool? All right. All right. We'll take our break and then we'll come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere.
2: Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can, right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience?
1: Do you think it's been organizational leadership has been a good thing for church leaders? Well, it, oh, <laughs>
0: pen, I'll tell you what, it's a penetrating question. And the answer is very simple. If used correctly to add value to people and serve others, it's a good thing. If used incorrectly, it's not a good thing. And, uh, you know, when people talk about everything rises and falls on leadership, I teach them often that it rises, but it also falls. And, and nothing is better than for people to have a good leader, and nothing's worse than for people to have a bad leader. And the, to me, what, what makes servant leadership work is this. Most leaders put themselves first before their people. And so it is a me uh, motivation as far as leading. What's in it for me? Uh, I, I travel internationally with my uh, company, Equip, and, and uh, in fact, I'll, I'll leave Sunday for Guatemala. In fact, I'll be meeting next week with the president and the cabinet of Guatemala. And when I'm when I'm with these leaders alone, David, alone. I mean, no no handlers, no media, nothing but just alone. The question I ask them, which is, I think, the true servant leadership question, is. Will the people be better off after you've served your term as a leader than they were before you got there? Wow. And I think that's – and when the answer is yes, you have been a good leader, it has been a good thing. Organizational leadership, good thing. When the answer is no, bad leader, bad thing.
1: Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM Seven Seventy, the Truth Station here in Texas. Just another quick reminder for those that maybe did not hear in the beginning of the show: tomorrow's show will be live. Tomorrow's show will be live. Uh, they're um, basically what's the what's the word? They're preempted. They they've been preempted because is it because of the COVID or is it because of the, yeah? So they got some COVID or some issues. I don't care. We're gonna be here. I'll be here. <laughs> I don't know if that's good for you guys or not, but you know, I mean, every once in a while it's fun. Uh, so we will be here tomorrow live, right? Okay. All right. Get it? Live. See, we want to be followers of Jesus, right? Right. We don't want to be followers of one another, right? We want to be followers of Jesus. I just, I always remember that one pastor saying, How many more people do you want that are just like you? I'm thinking, None. I want them to be like Jesus, right? You don't want to. Don't, oh Here's your first trivia question: Which Old Testament prophet responded to the Lord with uh, the Lord's calling with the words "Here am I, send me"? Here am I, send me? Which Old Testament prophet responded to the Lord's call with the words "Here am I"? send me if you think you know the answer you can call in 972 that was fast uh 445-0770 you can also text in 214-210-8483 and then you can send an email david at org. so somebody called in and then they left or they just called to give you a quick answer or pizza i can't hear you say it again i still can't hear you something's not working in there oh, yeah, the no is that better yeah the button works See, if you have a button and you push it, Captain Chris, it works on the soundboard. No, okay, go ahead. What do you got? Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. I think they got cold feet. I heard you in the background and then they hung up. (laughs) Okay. Now, I don't want anybody. Now, if you got, I'm just going to say this real quick. If anybody got offended because of the music I played, oh, stop. I'm not endorsing the show, I'm endorsing the riff on the music. Come on. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> people are like, you can't. Yeah, uh, okay. Uh, all right, let's do our DNA. So the question pretty straightforward, I think, and that is, uh, which Old Testament prophet responded to the Lord's call with the words, here am I, send me. Now, even if you call in and you're not sure, you know we'll get you there. I mean, that's what we do. Uh, but in the meantime, le- oh, so the number, yeah, 972 770 or you text in 214-210-8483. Let's do our D N A D stands for a draw closer to the Lord daily. Daily. I just uh, daily day every day that ends in y that would be the day to do it and never be ashamed of Jesus or his words or he will be ashamed of you and a always be ready to serve. To serve, which means that our mindset, our hearts are not just focused on us. It's being selfless. Not sell fish. You want to think of other people, too, especially... Uh, if if you got like a little bit of break, a little bit of grace, let's say you're coming into these next two weeks and you got a little bit of lightness going on, be aware of other people. Just take take step out for a little bit, okay? And take care of others. That's a good idea. All right, so we have our trivia question. We did our DNA. Was there anything else I gotta cover? I can't think of it. I'm sure it'll come rolling around. Uh so the question is what's the question? The question is which old Testament prophet responded to the Lord's call with the words, Here am I? Send me. Let's go back into our First Peter. I like this. I love First Peter. I went through this, and uh, I, I, you know what's more amazing? Is Second Peter is even deeper than First Peter. It's like it's even more, so. It's uh, fascinating. We might do them one right after the other. I really like this. But listen to this. Already, first line: Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Amazing that the guy could be an apostle after all the things that he did. You would think. Ey. It's like does, is he shouldn't he be disqualified? According to Jesus, the answer is no. And that's the thing. The thing that we use is we use different um, parameters that the Lord does for qualifications. And I think it is important to understand that and that one of the sayings we said last week was, Lord, the Lord takes somebody and chooses them, and then qualifies them. They don't really qualify prior. It's like once you get into the process, you figure out, wait, well, hey, there's more going on here, and that's how the Lord is. He's gracious to all of us. Here's his next line. To the elect, exiles of the dispersion throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. So this is different areas in the dispersion. The dispersion has to do with people who were, watch this word dispersion, dispersed. Now, why were they dispersed? There's uh, some theories that it's the, because Rome was, like, cracking down, and then uh, then some of the fires that took place, and they blamed the Christians, so people had to scatter. There's a lot of different reasons that that dispersion could have happened, and I understand that people want to fight and argue over it. I don't. I'm just looking at it going, well, these are the guys, that were sp- guys and gals that were spread out all over. And what that tells me more than anything else is this letter's to every one of us because it's like, it's, it's all you guys. All you guys over there, it's like this. All you guys in Florida, all you guys in Michigan, all you guys in Washington, all you guys in California, all you guys in Tennessee, all you guys in Texas. It's like that kind of thing. It's like, well, okay, that's all of us. Right. But he says this amazing thing that I'm not sure why we're afraid of it. I think it's one of the most fantastic things. It says, to the elect— exiles of the dispersion throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia to the elect. Now, I am not, uh, you know, even though I have a master's degree in theological studies, I don't consider myself a theological master. But I am a common sense pretty good guy. (laughs) Pretty pretty okay there. And what I do know about elect is that typically— elect has to do with an election it's the process of electing and we do that in our country so the idea about my wife just texted me a joke but we we do that in our country and we have an election and then you know now you got people mad about this election you know trying to gear up for the next one i get it i'm not i'm not dissing on any of that but we have elections on in in this world and they're uh powerful and they change world events and the alter. Now, what if God decided I'm going to have an election and I'm going to vote and put in office all the people I want? That's what he did. He had an election, get this, and he chose you as his candidate and you were elected. That's the elect. And I know we think of it in terms of politics, because that's all we know it as. But God thinks of it in terms of fellowship and communion. God voted for you, so to speak, chose you, and wants to hang out with you for all eternity. You're the candidate he wants. You're the candidate he chose. And you are getting into office no matter what political party has a problem with it or no matter what kind of goofy, unethical thing. God doesn't care. His elections are not interfered with. He gets what he wants. And what he wants is you. And the first thing Peter's telling these people is, you know how it's hard. You know how you're in the dispersion. You know how you're you're kind of having to duck every once in a while. Guess what? God chose you. It's Peter's way of saying, this is temporary, this whole thing that you're going through, these trials, this difficulty. And this is the premise of the entire letter. This stuff that you're going through, it's a bummer. It's a drag to have to duck your head. It's a bummer not to be able to speak your piece. It's a bummer to have to be careful being a Christian. And in our country, it's barely touching it. We're barely getting there. Back then, when this letter was written, people found Christians. They would kill Christians, and then the crowds would cheer. So Peter says, you know what? You're elected. Don't, don't let this world fool you. You are special, you are chosen. You are chosen by God. The world may reject you, but God has voted for you. You are His. Now I, I happen to think that's cool. I just I'm one of those people that thinks, well God, somebody likes me. That part's great. And what we're going to do is i got to be careful because there's so much theology that Peter kind of offers up. And some people argue, well, Peter never had that much theology when he was a fisherman. This is 30 years later after he's been hanging hey, he out with Jesus and 30 years in a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I think by now he can figure out God likes me. I don't know. i be crazy. Or don't call me crazy. Either way, the bottom line is this. It starts off Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, identifying who he's connected to, and just think, just think, Peter. He, he could have said, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, but I blew it. <laughs> he's not living in the past. He knows he's made a mistake, but now the Lord has moved on, and he's moving forward. And that's how you're supposed to live your Christian walk. You can't sit there walking forward, looking backwards. Everybody stop doing that, okay? Just stop doing stuff like that. And then he says to the elect, to all you guys, God's chosen. He loves you. He adores you. He's just he's just going to make eternity so cool for all of us, even if the world doesn't get it. Keep in mind James 4, 4 and 1 John chapter 2, friendship with the world is uh, a strain for you and God. It will ruin your relationship if you're a buddy pal of the world system. So just uh, pull it back and get into God's economy, God's government, God's system, and you'll be doing fine. Trivia. (laughs) Trivia? I've got a guess. Huh? You got a guess? I can't wait. I can't wait. All right, so here we go. Captain Chris is going to pull it off right here. Which Old Testament prophet responded to the Lord's call with the words, Here am I, send me. Was that Yoda? Yoda. Ooh, here am I. <laughs> no, but it was a good guess. It was Izzy or Isaiah Yoda. <laughs> it, was, it was Fun Day Monday. That's all we got. All right. It was Isaiah. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere.
3: Who is David Spoon? I have no idea. People have asked me about the David Spoon experience. They wanted to know what I thought of him. Like any person searching for answers, I have wondered about him. He was born and raised Jewish, and after intense drug use, became a Christian. He's married to his best friend Noel, has three children, six grandchildren, plus two dogs named Levi and Bert. He has three separate ordinations from three different denominations and is a summa cum laude for his B.A. degree in ministry and leadership, as well as a master's degree of theological studies and is involved in a Ph.D. program. He has a weird sense of humor and talks. A lot. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No. I don't think so. And those big ears really don't help him. But would they enjoy his perspective on life, culture, politics, food, sports, local and national news? I don't know. I guess people will have to listen to find out.
1: Job, I want to read Job 325. I don't want anybody, looking. I know that the teachings in the church and being a, 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 a Baptist Somebody who's got a Baptist ordination, a Pentecost ordination, somebody who's, who's who understands what Calminian means, understands what the manifold millennialist is. I, I get it. I really do. I, I've been around for a little while. I just— When you're hearing scripture, you don't have to put all the scriptures you hear in certain boxes so they fit your uh, motif of a theology. Sometimes you can just look at it and observe it and go right for it and review it. And Job chapter 3, verse 25, one of the things that Job said is, What I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. There's a whole teaching on it's because your confession wasn't good. I don't think that had anything to do with it. I think God was bragging about Job to Satan. Job didn't know that was going on. That's obvious. But there he is, God's bragging about him. And what Job is like going is like, this is the worst thing that I could think of. And that happens to people. Believers, good believers, great believers, fantastic believers, lousy believers believers, and everybody else. It's something that takes place. Sometimes bad things come about in the process. That doesn't mean that God hates you. That doesn't, first of all, the world has rebelled against God and lies in wickedness. So it's not God's fault that the world said, we'll run this planet without you. We'll let you know. I mean, that's not God's fault. He's not the one that did that, people did that. And so the idea to understand this, sometimes these tough things happen. The great thing to know is that God has not left and went to Pluto while you're going through these things. In this particular case, in Job, it was completely the opposite of what Job thought because God was bragging about him and Job thought he was in some kind of trouble or some kind of judgment. Hey, guess what? Job was wrong. Something else was going on altogether, which is often the case.